Lions fans. This is the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys whose 40 times qualify them for a Matt Patricia defense. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 436. Um... I guess the question is, is the Detroit Lions rebuild stalling? We'll talk about that. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for the Reddit. I am your dashing host, ultimately dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and competitively dashing co-host, Jeff, the Riz Risden. How are you doing? I really should think of that before, what I'm going to say before I do, but this is where we're at today. <laughs> Everything is always better spontaneously, Chris. You know that. that. That's just the way that we operate. It's, it's good to be with you. It's good to be talking about the Lions, even though. There's not a lot of positives to talk about with this team right now, but it is what it is, man. We're we've been down, we've been to this rodeo before. The the Bronco keeps bucking, and we will keep bucking along too. Yeah, what the buck are we doing, <laughs> Bruh. All right, yeah, we'll talk about a lot today. I think, I mean, there's some good. There's it's not all bad. There's some good to find in this team, and we'll we'll peel out some of those pieces, but we're not going to pull any punches on the areas that really need some help. We'll talk about all those things. We we'll review the Cowboys game. We're going to talk about the return of Josh Pascal, the conundrum that is Jared Goff, something we call crossing the threshold. We'll talk about that. A look ahead to the Miami Dolphins and a whole lot more. We've got a great show lined up as always. Riz, are you ready to go, my man? Yes, let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. <sighs> Everything was, it was like, everything's quieter. I'm like, oh, yeah, I turned my headphones down. All right, here we are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I actually, I blend with the wall here, my, my switch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix that for a second. Oh, okay. That's cool. Be right back. All right. While he does that, um, we're going to talk about the St. Jude 24-hour show. It begins on December 9th, December 10th. It's a 24-hour show. We'll go at it. We'll have some special guests. We'll do some special programs. We've got the global event, as we've talked about, that we're working on. And we're going to have the culmination of our... Uh, big auction that we do every year. We have some really special stuff in there. Always looking for any donations on that as well. Appreciate if you guys have any of that. Um, that will start on Black Friday. What better time to start a an auction? So, uh, and again, if you get any don- donations that you could do, uh, give away for prizes along the way, it's Chris at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. If you want to email me or you can DM me on the, on the Twitter. December 9th and 10th, St. Jude, 24-hour show. Auction begins on Black Friday, culminating at that show. Um, all right. Last, we also have to thank subscriber Fuzzy Warlord. Thank you so much for subscribing to the channel. We appreciate you for doing that. All right. Let's get into it. First, we want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys game. Review the game. Riz, what a show, huh? I mean, it was fun for a while. Uh, it was actually for the first three quarters of the game. It was a very competitive game. The Lions had every chance to be in that game and win the game. And then... A lot of mishaps happened in a very short amount of time, and, and it went bye-bye very quickly, and that was very frustrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, DCP1 asks, are we really the worst team in the league as of right now? 
Indeed we are. <laughs> Indeed you are, are what your record says you are. <laughs> no. as, that's, as Bill Parcells said it, that's who Dan Campbell learned from. You better believe that if you ask Dan that question, he would say, yes, that's what your record says you are. Yeah. I don't think he believes that they're the worst team in the league. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that this is the worst team in the league either, but they're, you can see the bottom from there. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, um, Hodges, I'll get into that with you on the on the on the DL. Um, so let's talk about the game. I want to first off because I want to get it out of the way, and it's it's still a part of thing. The people say, but that's not why. But I know that's not why. I know that's not why we lost. But I the interception, the, the officiating overall was just ass in this game. It was, it was terrible. It was really terrible really bad, and it was entirely one sided. I mean, I haven't gone and rewatched the game, so there may have been a call or two that went the other way. I I, I don't remember them, and and I didn't do a rewatch. Just I buried the tape. <laughs> it's my turn to do that. Um, but it, it, you know, I, I try to pull my glasses off, but I go through just so many pieces. The the Jerry Jacobs pass interference that was like the Hitchens pass interference that was picked up, and, and it was exactly the same play on the other side of the field, face guarding. I mean, it's like what the heck? The interception that was dropped that they said they reviewed, but they did it in record time, and it was an obvious drop. I mean, nobody should have. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, Riz. Am I am I looking at gla- through the glasses, or was that really a drop? I think that call would have stood with whatever was on the field. I I mm. do I don't think he got it clean, but I also. He kind of kind of had control as he hit I the saw. ground and while it did move it didn't move to the ground it from moved there. after the like ground it, he didn't it have was, control it was, the process. It was, <laughs> like if they would have called it no no catch on the field I would have agreed um, that but again you're, you're talking about the burden of proof of, of um, what is it irrefutable evidence to the contrary and I didn't see that. Uh, I, I I understood why that call would stand. I don't like, I, and I don't believe in their explanation that Dan Campbell was told that it was reviewed from a, from mm-hmm. afar. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a problem that that this that specific officiating crew had some issues with because there were uh, there was another one, the Brock Wright touchdown, which yeah. and, and I'll, I'll say it right now, he was not in the end zone. He 100%. got stopped. Hundred percent. Hundred percent clear, irrefutable evidence that he was stopped. He was his knee was down and the ball wasn't forward. Hundred percent, like no no question about that. But that should have been reviewed uh, because it was a potential of a touchdown play, um, and and it did look the guy who was right there. The that, that would be the field judge did not raise his hands. The official on the other side of the field did. Mm-hmm. That means you review it. Yeah, they didn't do that. That's that's a blatant violation of, of NFL procedures, and they didn't do it. And that's that is on the referee, but it's also on the ref, uh, officiating supervisor who's who's in the game controlling that. And they did they didn't do their job. Yeah. And that's that's. Do you want to talk about the hold? The helmet hold. <laughs> they called that out on Twitter. Um, but it was such. He got, right? So it was here. Like the guy reached behind him across his head and yanked it back. Like it was a hold of the the ear flap. It wasn't a face mask. He actually got under it. Yeah. But it was it was obvious. Yeah. Um, I will say from the rewatch, I did see two holds on the Lions that didn't get called. But on the very first play of the game for Dallas's defense, three guys lined up offsides. <laughs> and and can can we say that the hold on um <laughs> the hold on um <laughs> I've like two and too many things at once. Um Taylor Decker. That wasn't a hold, right? He was inside. He was inside the frame. You can you can grab jersey there. 
That wasn't that wasn't a hold. I, I, I that, yeah, that they sold that one well. I <laughs> give the Cowboys a little bit of credit; they did sell that well. So anyway, yeah, I don't, I don't. Anyway, it's think not why they lost. Either. It's not why they lost. But you know, the, if it had been a close game, can you imagine just the the explosion of anger? And this is where I mean, you expect the officials to do their job. I, I keep saying, hire Blandino back, man. Bring hire Blandino. He brought so much good transparency to the XFL, but it's so bad that even I mean, if we were close potentially slightly winning we would have lost this game because of some some really shady calls that and it's interesting with the lions this has been true in all of history and it's it it's frustrating as f to me but after that interception and after that crappy spot that like you're like wait a minute what's going on i mean you see it and you're starting to get worked up and frustrated at it the lions just collapse every single every time. time oh my god God, it drives me nuts. How? How? Why? How? What? I they mean, do not. It, it, it's weird because we used to have this conversation in Michigan football circles about how bad Jim Harbaugh was at handling officiating adversity. And Dan Campbell has the same damn problem. But it was Caldwell. Like, it, it was Patricia. It was Schwartz. It, it was. But it goes yeah, back forever. You'll, you'll see these games where they're close and something like that will happen. And, and and it's just like someone said, okay, it's time for the Lions to lose. They flip the switch and they just fall off the face of the earth. It happened against the, the Dallas when we were in the in the, in the playoffs with the picked up flag. The crappy call in, in this, I'm remembering this, but not the play. But in New Orleans when we were in the playoffs, the team just fell apart after that. I mean, every time it seems when there's a, a, some janky call like that, the, the team just d- disintegrates. And they, it's don't, so they don't have that, that resolve. This team especially doesn't doesn't have it and that's so there were we'll, we'll, we'll get on this for a second the two key plays in the game that decided the game for me were Jamal Williams fumble right after the Brock Wright was down um and then the body slam that wasn't mm-hmm. called mm-hmm. because that fundamentally changed the play call and I think it was the next play where Jared Goff um there, there was a turnover I, yep. I forget what it was I think it was an interception it might have been a strip sack I don't know there were so many of them and they all bleed together yep. but it 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 changed what the dynamic of the Lions offense was going to do yep. and created a negative situation now could they have avoided that yes they could have like they they but that inability to like respond to that, like, and, and that's a clear penalty. Like, you can't, you can't do that, especially after the officials have already blown the whistle. We saw it in Dallas the last time we were there. <laughs> yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then the one, another thing, and this is unfortunate: the um, the concussion protocol piece for Amon Ra looks like there was nothing there at all, and and you, they 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 make this real janky. He's got a sit call. And again, if if it's true, I, I I'm absolutely certain that I'd want him to sit. I wouldn't want him to play even you know with a hint of of, of a problem. But they turn around right after that and did the suplex, and there's no flag at all. It's like, are you for player safety or is there something else? You can't help but ask, right? You just can't help but ask. And it's I know it's not the case, but that's frustrating. So okay, thanks for letting me gas on the on the on the on the refs. This was just an ad, added frustration to a frustrating game. It but was. Let's start with they, something. They didn't decide it, but they certainly the the um, what is it the 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 finger that you put on the scale was on the Dallas side. There you yeah, yeah, about that. yeah, there you go. All right, let's talk about something a lot more pleasuring, pleasurable, pleasing, whatever. Uh, Josh Pascal back. Okay, he yeah, showed up. That is pleasure. Yeah, yeah, he showed up, and for his first game, he made a difference, and not just for him, but for the next guy we're going to talk about too, for Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, yep. loved 
what Josh did on the field, Joshua, I believe. Um, really, really excited for what he brings to this team and what he can do because that made a big di- between him and we'll talk about Akuda too. The difference they made on the defense this week was incredible. Josh Pat, so I have at if if you're listening if you're watching this live on Tuesday night, first off, thank you for watching. Click the like and subscribe so you know when we're going to be on uh, because this is an unusual time. This is exactly why you click on the subscribe button so you understand when we're doing things that are a little bit out of order. My life is chaos this week. I carved out a little bit of time tonight to be with y'all and with Chris, and I'm grateful that Chris was was amenable to it. But this is why you, you click on the like and subscribe button so you know that when when like hey why why are they on, on Tuesdays? Well, it, it's weird, but. That's why you do it. But back to Pascal. Um, I have a piece coming at Lions Wire tomorrow morning where I did this week's film spotlight review. I've done it on Okuda and uh, Hutchinson. Uh, I did one on, on Rodrigo. Um, this one is on Josh Pascal, and it is written. I just, um, I'm holding it to publish in the morning. If you like Josh Pascal, you're really going to like it because uh, he was impactful and impactful from the very first play of the game. Yep. Yep. He lined up. I'll do this quick. Onside. He lined up as the right defensive end, uh, a four technique, straight up on the tackle. He went straight forward and then twisted his guy inside. It freed up the guard from blocking Isaiah Bugs. Isaiah Bugs got a clean run at Dak Prescott. Now, Prescott rolled out to the right. If Julian Okora stays home, He's got an easy sack, but Julian Okora ran for no apparent reason into the middle of the field and then had to run back out. That's why Dak was able to get the pass off. Um, Okora, by the way, uh, don't believe the hype. He wasn't that good. Um, he was he was fine as a he pass rusher. Up. If he's on the field and run defense, it's a it's a net negative. It's like playing 10 on 11. He, he, he can't do it. It's, it's bad, folks. He was but in a good spot a couple of times and got his name called. So, But you don't want to kind of use that as a means to evaluate his whole game. That's what I'll, I'll kind of. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so second down, uh, Pascal lines up as the three technique on that side. And that, that play, uh, they blew up a run. He beat a double team. Third play of the game, left defensive end, seven technique. That's the play where Aiden Hutchinson got a one armed sack because they're double teaming Josh Pascal on the other side. He, now, now Hutchinson, by the way, wasn't also the only guy to win on that rep. Anzalone had a beautifully timed blitz that helped out, too. Um, that took the running back out of the way, so Aiden basically had a one-on-one. But the ability to move Pascal around like that on the very first drive played three very distinct different positions and did them all very well in his first NFL game. Hell yeah. Exactly. That's I get the little little bit of goosebumps on what Pascal is gonna could potentially bring to this team having seen that. Now it seemed towards the end of the game he might have been a little bit gas. And again, definitely. He, yeah. He ran out of he ran out of gas. And I will say the whole team after um after Jamal's fumble and then the next the next turnover, like the defense was done. They're like, we've done all we can do. Come on, guys. Like <laughs> it was clear that the wind had gone out of their sails. Yeah. Yeah. Not not just Pascal, that was the entire team. And I don't really blame them for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So Josh Pascal's a real highlight. Aiden Hutchinson, you know, if if it wasn't Pascal getting uh doubled, it was Hutchinson. But he broke through a couple times. Again, you can scheme Hutchinson, but you put another piece of, of the puzzle out there. Aleem quietly played well. I like Aleem a lot. God, he's such a, a great guy and a, and, and just a when, when Aleem is player. not your best defensive lineman, he's really good. He has been the best defensive lineman most of the season. And you see what what good you get out of that. Like, he's not an impact player, but he's a really good complementary player. 
and he's allowed to be that now with with Pascal back. And look, John Kaminsky only played, I think it was 10 reps. Uh, I, 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 I like when I go through and do the, the plus minus thing with with all the guys, I, I, I know what's going on with the other guys. Uh, Kaminsky would have had five pluses in 10 plays. That's pretty yep. good. Yep. Um, Riz, what are your thoughts on trading Goff during the window? Oh, we'll get to Goff, but he's he's not a free agent. He, we got two years left on his contract, don't we, after yep. this one? Yeah, yes, yeah. he is signed through 2024. Yep, yep. He, he has as much trade value as what's in my trash can right over there. <laughs> um, Kirby Joseph. Kirby Joseph out there. Um, Played well. Big, big spotlight, you know, um, highlight reel type of hit on Brown. That was great. Get Knocks the, the ball out. We get the the, the recovery. Love it. You know, and here's a guy. He didn't expect him to start. You didn't expect him to play as much as he is. You didn't expect Tracy to pay Tracy Walker all that money and have him get hurt, right? Um, so to see Kirby week one, you can't expect a whole lot out of a guy like that. A young, you know, where he was drafted. It's just a lot to ask to, to see him ball out week one. But it looks like he's coming along well. He played he played pretty well out there. He's still a rookie, but overall, I mean, I'm 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 high on on Kirby right now. I, I think he yeah, and, and I will give I will give Aaron Glenn some credit here because I think he deserves it as much as we've crapped on him. And by the way, he deserved it. <laughs> uh, he has done a very fine job the last couple of weeks. Look, what what do I say? If you listen to me on the huge show, you know I say this all the time. Good coaching means letting your best players do what they do well often. Mm-hmm. I think Aaron Glenn has realized the air of his ways and trying to ask them to do things that they're not going to be good at. And I think it's shown uh, asking Aiden Hutchins to stand up on the outside. Hello, everybody, everybody who watched him, even state fans who can't stand him for and never will. And I don't uh, Never, never, I'm not even going down that. It's Michigan, Michigan State Week. You all can have your hate. I don't really give crap. So, um, uh, yeah. Uh, but, they, you know, he's asking Kirby Joseph, okay, I'm not going to ask you to do three things on a play. I'm going to ask you to, to read two things and, and go with your instinct and on one. And that's kind of what Illinois did. Yep. Like Jeff Okuda, you're the best tackler on the team. Go freaking tackle people. <laughs> do it. <laughs> and, and let's have you play so you're looking into the backfield or watching what's happening instead of turning your back to the rest of the play. It's it's little things like that that Aaron Glenn has adjusted that you've got to give him credit for. Look, I know everybody still thinks that he's a terrible coordinator and wants him to run out of town. I will tell you the last two weeks, and specifically this past week, I saw a lot of progress from this defense, and the yep. defense played more than well enough to win. The offense completely let them down. 100%. New England, they had, they had some, some gaps, but... I, I will say, you know, having watched, I've weirdly watched every Bailey Zappi play this year. <laughs> that guy's good. I, I know it didn't end well for New England on Monday night, but he's fun uh, to watch for sure. He's he's definitely fun to watch. He he throws the ball down the field and just doesn't care. And and I, I think I forget who said it. Um, somebody said it, but like the like the the. 2200 passes that he threw in, in high school and college like he's kind of prepared to do that like yeah. that that's what he yeah. does and they, what does the England ask him to do they ask him to throw hopefully that good coaching good does, coaching it's not hard that, hopefully that doesn't have the kind of wear that it does on a running back with that many <laughs> that many runs versus throws um I want to talk about larry thank you so much for the super chat my brother uh i'm sick of my team in the basement man i'm i'm i could not be more with you than than that statement absolutely 
frustrated as all get out with this team. Expectations were so much higher. Performance hasn't been there. We're going to talk about that. We're not going to yeah. excuse it, right? There's there's two sides of the story. Um, some some real serious things to look at, and some some things that you can use to kind of understand why but it doesn't change the fact that you are now picking number one overall in the league and that's something that we we have to we have to talk about but we'll get there we'll get there very shortly uh jeff okuda let's talk about jeff okuda you talk about a guy i we talked about him at the beginning of the year and how just you know I, i felt it to my core how i wanted jeff okuda to step in step up this year and become the player that we drafted the guy we knew what was it 14 tackles this last Eight. game, fifteen played like a line. Looked like a linebacker out there. You know what I mean, my guy. But a, but not like a Lions linebacker, like a good one. Uh, he was he was just smoking players. I have got to again props to Jeff Okuda for coming back through all the adversity and pain that he went through to get to where he is now. Big big mighty props on Jeff Okuda and the performance this week. I think is the the icing on the cake of the of his return. He's had one bad game out of six. That, I'll take that. From, yeah. from, from a cornerback coming off of what he's come off of and with all the adversity that he's faced, you probably five five out of six games good? Yeah, give me that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, WMW2, the Ohio Bobcat stink. Fire up chips, Jeff. There you go. A little bit of, uh, a little bit of poke. We're, we're not great. <laughs> we're not terrible. Um, my, my daughter, by the way, was at the chips game this past weekend. Her uh her best friend's mom was honored with the gymnastics team uh, on the the halftime show. Oh, there. nice! Yeah. Um, let's let's get to Jerry Jacobs next. He's the last of the players I have here to highlight. Jerry came out, didn't play much. Um, the, the 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 one play the 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 pi, like I said, it triggered the hell out of me, and it wasn't because it was Jerry, but it was literally the Hitchens picked up flag from the playoffs, and I just I I, I was just shaking i was my my, i was quiet like i wasn't the the scream at the tv throw the remote and break the tv guy but my family would tell you they could tell they could feel the heat coming off me i was just inside i was stewing this whole game i was angry about so many things detroit lions but uh jerry wasn't it that 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 throwback just triggered the hell out of me though (laughs) that was his only play on defense by the way he played one one play got the 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 dpi in the end zone Look, was it interference? Probably by the letter of the law. Is that enforced that way? That's like that's like getting pulled over for going twenty six and a twenty five. <laughs> okay, all right, it, yeah, it's probably a penalty, but come on, dude. And and the the hard part for me was I went from watching that to watching the the end of the Browns Ravens game, and there was a very similar penalty in that that did not get called. And that bugged me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it did. It did me too. And the that's the one kind of little place in the NHL where I, I kind of find my solace. They do have makeup calls, or, or you know, they let things kind of play out and kind of even themselves out over time. Not that you want something that isn't you know very cut and dry, but when you have the subjective stuff like this, at least make it feel. And it didn't feel at all, at all, like it was an even game this week. So, all right, let's go. There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of talk right now about Jared Goff, and uh, I'll, I will start with the Goff excuses must stop. That was that was Riz's bullet point he wanted to talk about today. Um, I'll kind of just expound on that a little bit. He's absolutely maddening. I, I, I understand he needs talent around him. 
he makes gigantic errors. He's he is I don't want to say solely, but really solely responsible for the crumble of the defense in the fourth quarter, throwing the ball away like that. Just I understand, you know, You're you got hit, but you have to. I don't want it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I he's maddening to me ah. because we see Goff is the guy, Goff, and we see Goff is not the guy, Goff. Sometimes in the same game. Right. And we sometimes hit that with 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 Stafford and he was our last quarterback of the best we've had in a long time. So it's easy to make him the comparison. I think that's why he's always the comparison. But it's not like that. I mean, Goff, when he's bad, he is just achingly bad, achingly bad. And I, I get the sense right now. I know he's a high resilience guy, but I wonder with the talent that isn't there right now, how does he how does he bounce back from this? I, I'm not sure he can. And I just want to put one more point out there, Riz, and I'll hand you the mic on this one. I said at the beginning of the season, if we had, if Goff does well or he doesn't, we'll, if he doesn't, we'll have his replacement. We'll be in a position to get his replacement. If he does well, we won't need to. And this is playing out right now exactly about how I thought it, it might if he didn't do well. <laughs> it's, um, it's very frustrating. This was his worst game. Uh, this was worse than the shutout game because there was opportunities to have against Dallas. Look, Dallas, we, I talked about it last week. They are a high-risk-reward defense. They're going to take chances, which means that you have chances against them. And Jared Goff missed every freaking one of them. Uh, there was a tweet that went out this morning that I, I commented on that got a lot of traction um, showing a play where Khalif Raymond spun his cornerback around and had a wide open path on the post. The safety was running forward because he bit on the play action. Also, TJ Hawkinson ran a great route to attract his attention. Jared Goff doesn't have a defender within, I don't know, six yards in a radius of him. He's got a pocket that's fine. He can st- he can take two steps forward if he wants to, and he doesn't throw the ball at all. He gets sacked. That cannot happen that is that that that, that's a play that a high school quarterback can make and and will try to make and Jared Goff doesn't do it and there were so many instances Chris in this game where Goff went where he thought he should go with his initial read and this happened in New England too we talked about it there where the defense baits him into the throw that they want him to make, and he bites it every freaking time yeah. and won't even look at the, the juicier apples that are elsewhere. Because, oh, th- this one over here, I, I can hit that. Like, why were they good early? Because Jared Goff was taking chances down the field because he was stressing the defense. They Now, you can, obviously, it's easier to do that when you have more talent on the field. I get that. That's fair. But you got to try to use it like – Khalif Raymond was uncoverable. It's like yeah. they, they didn't have an answer for him. It was weird uh, how good he was in that game. Hawkinson too. Hawkinson a, destroyed their linebackers in coverage. He got five passes. Um, three of them were passes where Goff didn't ever even consider any other place. So it was like, if I, unless he's told to throw to Hawkinson, he's not throwing to Hawkinson basically. And there was, there was two opportunities where Hawkinson could have, if not had touchdown passes, at least had like big gains to set them up. And instead they were drives that ended empty. And that's because Jared Goff isn't good enough or isn't trying to be good enough to listen. We, I, we, this reminds me, I, it is a spontaneous. Last year, remember, I screamed, just try. 
I'm there again. Just freaking try, Jared. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I so I can't I can't I can't agree that he's not trying because I know the guy is trying. I know he's giving it his all. I really I, and and I've heard and talked to a couple people and the amount of time he spent and 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 the work he's done. I I cannot say he's not trying. I just don't know if he's the guy, if he's got it. And and when he's surrounded by the right people, he's he he looks great. He looks wonderful. Um when he doesn't he doesn't and i'm i'm think like i said i'll go back to it if he doesn't do well we'll be able to get his replacement if he does we won't need to looks like we're getting to the point where we're going to be able to get his replacement we've got what looks like a great offense if you put a good quarterback in there um and you can get his replacement still have another first round pick which could potentially be top 15 or even top 10 the way the rams are doing right now and you wind up looking building out your defense from there you could be in a pretty good, could sh- pretty good shape as a team, and then golf became your perfect bridge, gave you all those picks, took Stafford off, and and, and you can and and let's face it, golf would be a killer backup. He would be a killer backup quarterback, and it is at his contract for the last two years. Why not? Why not? I would I would prefer to eat it and eat him and smile, but uh, that's that's just me. I don't think that he's so. Remember how Matthew Stafford? Like one of the things with him was like one of the reasons why, and, and I think it was Bob Quinn that said it might actually might have been Martin Mayhew, though, where like why they didn't ever draft quarterbacks when he was here was because he doesn't want that. Like, no, no, you don't need to do that. Like, I, I don't need I don't need a quarterback behind me. What are you talking about? Goff isn't that way, but he's also not not that way, if that makes any sense. Like, he's maddening. Like, there, was, there was a <laughs> tangible decline with him in Los Angeles when John Wolford showed that, okay, maybe that guy can play and golf. He didn't handle that. And he did not mentor him at all. I know he said though, although the right things is somewhere about, about bringing up Blau and, and Boyle. I was there. I actually asked him one of the questions one time, you know, how do you, I asked him, how would you describe your relationship as a mentor for the younger guys? And he actually answered, he gave a great answer. I don't believe him. I'm sorry. I just don't. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, Dunbar. He's not the guy at Simple unless you're David from Detroit Lions Forum. <laughs> Dunbar. That's <laughs> just hilarious. Um, the excuses had to stop. Hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see where he's at. Uh, just remind everybody, head on over to Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com, Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Get all your Black Friday deals. Get all your stuff. Get all your good stuff. They take a little bit of that money. They take it out of Bezos' pocket. They slide it over to us to help us pay for the show and do all the stuff that we have to do to do the stuff that we do. And that uh, helps us out. So if you do that with the holiday season coming, you didn't get your uh, your uh, Halloween candy in time. You're starting to think of, like, I'm trying to find a PS5 for my boy. I'm looking everywhere. Had a couple people reach out to me. Thank you, folks, for who did that. And um, it's a gift front. So I'm just looking for a good condition, brand new one. That's, that's kind of what I'm trying to do. Um, but I appreciate everyone's help and, and offers. And I, there's a couple you have to get back with. But I'm still looking for that PS5. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com has everything but that right now. So... <laughs> Head on over there and uh, help the show by doing something you were going to do anyway. Thank you all for supporting the show by, by doing that. Let's get into the next one. Is there a minimum threshold for Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes? Like, if they're 2-15, and 15, are they safe? 
could actually happen too. So this is probably a conversation <laughs> that, that one stings a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah, it does. Um, I mean, especially the way like the Bears have finally figured out hey, Justin Fields can run really well. Let's let him run. Like crap, that's not good. <laughs> oh, oh man. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's so. My, the way I view it, and you can correct me if, if you or if you disagree with it, Chris, please step in and say so. I don't think last year's record matters to Sheila, to Rod, to Spielman, to the management whatsoever. Like they understood that last year was a year where they had to get rid of Stafford. And because the Patri- the Quintricia regime required such very uniquely specific types of players that don't fit in other systems. They knew it was going to be bad. That's something that Jim Costa and I talked about a lot on the Sunday morning show that we used to do in Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. Like we knew that the first year after that was going to be bad because they have all these guys that are completely freaking useless to everybody else. And that's true. That's proven true. Um, the only guys who are doing anything are the ones that are back in new England. now. <laughs> like all the other guys, like they're, 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 they're basically out of the league. Uh, because there's just not, there's no group, there's no desire to have them. So I think they understood that. But this year you needed to start seeing progress. And we saw progress with the offense early. We've seen progress with the defense late, but both sides of the ball have not played together well at the same time once this season. That's a problem. That And, and I will say that, the, you know, Dan's coaching decisions in game have not been good. There, there weren't, I didn't have any issues Sunday, but that's, that's a, a pleasant change quite frankly. And um, I'm glad that we got it, but like little, like uh, one of the things that I put in my film review, I talked about how the, the offense and the special teams both came out like they hadn't practiced in a long time. And I know they were on the buy, but like they, they weren't ready. Like you saw, you saw errors that don't normally happen. And they and their coachable like fundamental stress errors and like like Scott Daly like throwing a, a, a bad snap I think it was the first bad snap of the season you got Chase Lucas who could have downed Jack Fox's punt which went about five yards longer than it was supposed to and but he got like easily blocked off and took a bad path like there was just a lot of little things where they weren't like sharp yep. and that reflects on Dan Campbell. And whether that's fair or not, it does. And so I'm, I, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll put my Browns hat back on here for a second. I watched them keep Hugh Jackson after he was winless. He went 0 and 16, and they didn't fire him. <laughs> and the next season, everybody, and, and including Hugh, by the way, knew it. Uh, we all saw it on Hard Knocks. They knew that if they weren't like really good right away, it was going to get pulled in season. And I don't like in season coaching changes. They bug the crap out of me, uh, not just because I hate co- cover, but <laughs> like, it's, it's a shock that, that it sets you back. Like, look at what Carolina, look, I know Carolina got their This, this, by the way, happens a lot with teams. They fire their coach to get one like death rattle, like exhale of like, Oh my God, what the hell happened? We get, we did it with Daryl bubble. And then they lose out. And, and Carolina's not winning another football game. It wouldn't no. surprise me at all. That's what happens when you fire your coach. They did this this season. They went in. Matt Rule was like, basically, dude, you're what? He, he had, what, seven wins in the first first two seasons? Um, and, and like, 
they kept getting worse. And like, as soon as adversity hit, they realized that it wasn't going to be happening. Like they pulled the plug. I worry that's what's going to happen with Dan. Um, if they're two and 15 this year, look, he's what? So he's, he was four, 12 and one last year and he's one and five this year. So that's five, the five, 17 and one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're talking about Campbell right now. Yeah. As of right now, he's four, 18 and one. Four eighteen. Oh, that's right. We only won three last year. My bad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, and let's talk about that. So if you think of the first twenty-three games from a head coach, Campbell, four eighteen and one. Ooh. Schwartz, four and nineteen. And I love Jim Schwartz. Morningweg, four and nineteen. No and way. Then, and really? Then, and then if you go to Caldwell, he had four wins in his first six games. Now, now I will say 100% Caldwell picked up a completely different roster, right? I think, again, I think Caldwell is a bit of an outlier when he came in, and I don't think anybody that when he left, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So either way, that's that's it's it's a little bit of an outlier. I don't think it's 100% reflective of Caldwell. I'm not down on Caldwell. I just think we absolutely saw his peak. And everybody let in the me NFL ask you, let me ask you this. Right Do you move. think that Jim Caldwell gets fired if he doesn't have 10 men on the field three different times? Yeah. Well, didn't it happen? It happened twice, I think, with him where he didn't have. It happened three times. And, and all three times it directly led to a loss. Wow. I, I forgot. I forgot. I, 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 oh, man. Like I, that, that, that's inexcusable coaching malpractice to again quote my friend Jim Costa from who's now with 971. Please give him a listen, he's a great guy. But that's like if he just puts 11 players on the field, like does he get fired? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> so you, you look at that and you're like, ouch. Now, now let's go, let's take a look from the other perspective. Okay, this year. The Lions have played four of the top five teams in the league. You're in a rebuild. You're playing four of the top five and only one of the bottom ten. Yep. That's and and our schedule for the rest of the year is just as oppressive. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but Thanksgiving, it may not even be worth tuning in against the Bills, right? It, it's just gonna be it's gonna be like a gas watching a gas pump run up. Um I, I, I just you look at the level of One competition. <laughs> you look at the the quality of the teams that they've played thus far, and you're in a rebuild year two with the the roster you have and the injuries you have. What do you expect? Right again, not excusing it, just saying this is the situation say, we have. I would say that's where the in-game play calling and adjustment situations play against Campbell. Bingo. (sighs) And that's hard because I I like Dan. You like Dan. We want desperately for Dan to work out. I think he's done overall a pretty, pretty good job. Given the circumstances, I think he's done a very good job. Except on Sundays from one to four. And that's the only time that really matters. And that's a problem. And I don't know if, if they're two and 15 this year, like, okay. So a lot of the fan base is already thinking that he's a complete joke and needs to go. Then you're going to add on what, what what would that be? One and nine, the rest of the season, like try to sell that. And and I will say that I did see this in Cleveland, by the way, free agents are going to look and they're like, 
I want to go with like, – they're going to fire their coach in week five next year. Like, I'm not going there. I don't want to be part of that. Th- that has to matter a little bit. Like, you can't like, – because if it doesn't get better, they've got to fire him. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. as much as I hate to say that, like, yeah. you, can't, you can't be – what, what, what was Hugh? 336 and one? Like, you can't be that. Like, you just can't. <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. Well, he's already got that beat. He's got four wins. I mean, you got to double. Does. If you double it so that he has 36 games, you're you're 8, 36, and 2. <laughs> oh my God. That's so bad. So, yeah, no, no. It's it's when, when you say it that, like, like okay, being 1 and 5 is bad. And, like, I think we all understand that. But when you when you extrapolate it out to, like, how bad he is historically, um, and I hadn't looked that up. That's 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 very interesting. Yeah. that Well, that puts a new – cast a new pile on it right and it, it really makes it difficult it's hard to defend now you have to you look at last year's roster what did he inherit from the bob quinn era right and what did holmes inherit? Right. massive cap deficiencies mass massive cap problems um no talent on the roster it takes time to build it out i think we've got talent i i i think he, i really honestly believe dan kimball gets all of next year I believe he gets all unless he unless there's some kind of Jerry Sandusky story or something just absolutely like in over the top with Campbell that happens some absolute just cluster bomb of a of a a set of failures. Um, I think he coaches through next year and I think next year we get a quarterback. I think we load up on defense, and now you've given him what he's got, and he gets his chance. And if he doesn't perform at a at a pretty high level, the bar's going to be high high for him next year. Brad Holmes gets to go get his guy. I don't think Brad's in the hot seat. I, I honestly don't. He he didn't get his guy to start with, and they're not going to pay a coach six years and a GM six years to go be somewhere else. Matt Rule's making what is it? $48 million or $45 million not to coach. Yeah. It's like $845,000 a week for four years. <laughs> yeah. I would not be looking for another job. I would not. I'd be, oh, boom. I would, I'm retired. I, you would never see me again. No, no. Not a chance in the world. Nope. <laughs> a, I mean, if anybody won the 2022 season was Matt Rule. <laughs> if you look at it that way, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, what do you think – how many wins do you think this team can realistically get first? And then secondly, how many do you think they have to get before we're not thinking that an 0-3 start next year is is black curtains for them? Yeah, I, I think that Dolphins game is an important game, especially being at home. I think they actually have a, a decent chance at the Dolphins. I, they, I mean, I, I, I agree. Think deep. <laughs> I think they have a, a chance against the Packers this year, at least one game, too. As, as silly as it seems to, to put them in that category, the way they've been playing, if I had to play either the Packers or the Bears right now, I'd choose the Packers, which is, it seems I probably would, too, and especially from a Detroit standpoint, because what Detroit actually does well mm-hmm. matches up pretty well with what Green Bay doesn't. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And it's if you if you were tell you were to tell me that we're heading into game week eight, and I would say that I would rather play the Packers than the than the Bears, I'd have slapped you silly, and then slapped myself silly because it was going to happen. I can't, I can't believe I'm saying that, but I think we split with the Packers this year. Um, the Dolphins are. I think we I think we beat the Panthers. The Jags are stunning me right now. I don't know that it's sustainable. Um, there's they're, a lot of things weird. that I don't know are sustainable they, 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 right now. <laughs> they, they, Trevor Lawrence seems to be a little bit better. Um, he's he's better than Goff, uh, but he's not been number one overall worthy often. 
Like, so one of the, and, and so this came up in the Slack and we were checking it out just before we came on the air. TJ Lang talked about how um, Goff takes inconsistent drops and the linemen don't know where he's going to be all the time. If you watch the Jaguars at all, that's a massive problem for Trevor Lawrence. That's coachable. Uh, and, and Lawrence is certainly young enough to still be coached that, but it's, it's kind of a weird problem that he has. <laughs> that's that's something that they got to fix. Um, I, I don't think I don't think there's anybody in Jacksonville who would say that. Oh, I'm I'm so disappointed that we drafted Trevor Lawrence. We should have drafted uh, who went to. I don't even remember. <laughs> My brain's fried. There was there I'm was no guys, nobody was going to get um, Trevor Lawrence. There's no amount of treasure that w- they would accept that Jackson yeah. will have taken to to trade out of the first spot. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. Like right? they, they they talked about. As soon as they won the number one pick, like Trevor Lawrence, run that card up, baby. Like, yeah, 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 unanimous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I like, but he hasn't been the transcendent player that Joe Burrow has been. Uh, that that you know you saw. I think Deshaun Watson when he went to Houston was a, a kind of a transcendent player. I think you saw Lamar Jackson, especially the way that he transformed like within the structure of an office that was designed for Joe Flacco, who's like the complete antithesis of him. Right. Like that's, that's like Lawrence hasn't had that kind of impact. And that's, so that's also something else to think about. Like if we are going to get the number one pick and, and by the way, I will say this, I do not think the Lions will pick number one. Uh, I still think this is a four and 13 team. Uh, I, I agree. I think Miami is beatable. I do agree that yeah. I think they're going to split with the, the Packers I do think they're going to get the Bears once. I oh god, I, I would just I would be I don't rock trust the Bears, diamonds, man. Baby. I just don't. Diamonds. <laughs> they're, they're they're a better team, um, and they're playing better right now. There's no question about that. But as we've seen, the better team doesn't always win. Carolina just put a whip in on Tampa oh. Bay like that. The Lions are due for one of those. They got one last year with Arizona. They're going to get one of those this year. Yeah. Um, possibly one of the New York teams, maybe. I don't know. I, That's exactly what I was thinking. Either the Jets or the Giants, I think, are right because yeah. they're both overperforming, right? They're, they're, they're all living the opposite dream in the Lions right now. And I can see one of those two games being the, the, the dash back to reality. The problem is, is they're both at the Meadowlands. So it's, yeah. I mean, it, maybe yeah. it starts to feel like a home game the, the, the second Jet, time you're the there. The Jets <laughs> took a massive blow. They lost Elijah Vera Tucker yeah. and Brees Hall. That's their, that's their run yep. game. Yep. Um, he is their Panay Sewell and their, combination of DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams and they're both gone for the year which sucks because I I I, I really dis personally dislike their quarterback but beyond that I kind of like the Jets team like I there's a lot of dudes on that team that I liked in the draft process and they've kind of all come together and they appear to be fairly well coached so I'm, I, I, I kind of like what I see from them but they are they are going to regress the New York Giants if you look at all the the analytics models they're like they should be like three and four, um, but they're six and one. Um, God bless them. They're winning games. Yeah. Yeah. There, just, there's something called regression to the mean, and that's going to hit them probably soon, but we'll see. You would think that would happen to the Lions with wins, but, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> At some point, Chris, it has to. Right? 64 years ago. 64 years. It's Okay. Okay. So I'm going I'm to throw this out here. This is completely unrelated tangent, but for all of you who are in the analytics and predictive models, what are the odds of losing 37 hands in a row of Caribbean stud poker? Oh. Somebody do that calculation. Put it in the comments for me. In the chat or the comments. Cause, yeah. Cause that happened. 
Yeah, for real, for real. All right, really quick, want to ask folks, hit the like, hit the subscribe button, please. We ask once per show for you to do that. It's If you're enjoying the show or you're just sitting here watching, it's passing time for you, hit the like button. Helps other people find us, helps the show get out there and let uh, lets people join the fun, the chat, everything else that we've got going on in the subscribe button. We're obviously on at an odd time and an odd night from normal. Uh, that subscribe button will let you know when we go on so you don't miss anything. But uh, appreciate like everyone for sure. hitting that like button at minimum and also subscribing to the podcast. We appreciate you very, very much. Thank you. All right. Um, so what do you think? I think well, let's let's get to the um, I have to give credit uh, to alarmed restaurant from the Reddit on the four of the five teams in the league and the one of the bottom 10 on the schedule. Um, what's your call out right now? Do you think let's start with Dan, because I think do we agree that Brad's safe this year? I wish there was more heat on Brad, quite frankly. But yes, I agree that there's, he will be safe. I think there's <laughs> theoretical heat. Right. He's feeling it. I mean, it, it continues to get warm the worse they do, but it's not it's not now. But all right, let's talk about uh, Dan Campbell. What do you think about him? What's the threshold uh, for Dan this year? I, I progress progress. Four and 13 is progress. Oh my God, it's it's should be attainable, um, especially as the team gets healthier. And I, I, I got to say. What I'm seeing from the defense in the last two weeks is sustainable change. Like that, they're not going to be the worst def- defense in the league for the rest of the year. They're going to have a couple games. Like th- they just have bad matchups in a couple of games, but they're going to they're going to even that out. And I, I think they're going to wind up, especially if they start getting some takeaways, and that's that should happen. Mm-hmm. They're going to like everybody's all oh, the defense is. Oh, this is not the worst defense in the league anymore. They've shown that the last two weeks. And I, I do think that they're going to be able to carry that over. But can the I, offense has got it. Like, can I point out that wherever Dan's putting his focus is the part of the team that's doing well? Yes. It's <laughs> true. Um, maybe he needs <laughs> to spend a little time with FIP, too. Um, although, hey, we got a kicker. Michael Badgley, baby. That, was, that made me happy. A it really did. Court major. Here's a mouthful of the gargle. These nuts. There you go. Have fun. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Let's keep going. <laughs> we love Dave. <laughs> we really do. Yeah. Um, let's look ahead to the Miami Dolphins. Miami yeah. Dolphins. Um, what are we going to take to? What's it going to take to win this game? What's it going to take for for the Lions here? Um, I want to start with since we're talking Dan Campbell and we're talking about thresholds. We need to continue to see improvement in his game management. And as odd as it sounds, I know everyone's talking about the the the, the challenge on the spot at the or the touchdown at the the, the goal line and all that. But it Dan can't the goal from the one. You don't challenge that. You gotta. You, that, that's, that's so ass. That argument is asinine, Chris. You are a power running team with that offensive line. You're going to take first and goal from the one instead of first and goal from the half yard line. Who statistically, and by the way, our running back statistically has a 0% chance of fumbling that ball for a loss. He has never done it in his career at that point. That's correct. Going back to college, he had never fumbled there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, so there you go. Um, That's that's, That's how you lose, ladies and gentlemen. So I, I think we need to continue to see the the improvement in game management um just for comparison uh beyond that if we think about um defensively for the for the dolphins let's start talking about the defense by dvoa dallas has the number three pass defense that's what we played against i mean so you're gonna obviously golf with no 
yeah. talent, you know, a bunch of injuries. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for him. Miami is at number 31. This is a whole different pass defense. Their, their secondary is destroyed. We have a really good shot to see that first three weeks Detroit Lions offense back on the field against the Miami Dolphins. And that's one of the things that I think is really, really going to help us out. Can I blow here for a second or advance my, my cause celeb? One of the reasons why the Dolphins defense sucks is because they play three linebackers in pass defense a lot. <laughs> Even when the other team goes to to, to to eleven personnel, which has three wide receivers on the field, like Jerome Baker, oh, go go cover go cover Khalif Raymond. You can run with him, right? <laughs> like that, that that's what they do. Um, Dolphins fans are aghast at how bad their linebackers are in coverage. That that should tell you a lot. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's. Uh... <laughs> we know how much you want to go linebacker number one this year and every year, really, Riz. And maybe this they, they absolutely need a better linebacker. Mm-hmm. one better linebacker because I think Rodrigo's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, and you can be fine with Chris Board being your backup nickel guy. And then you're, uh, he should come back. Uh, Derek Barnes' lack of development is incredibly discouraging. Yeah, that's and really... That, that's, that, that hurts. I will say, if he's not working at off-ball and it ain't working... <laughs> Maybe try him the way that the Cowboys use Micah Parsons, who, by the way, isn't very good as a linebacker. He's great as a pass rusher, yep, yep. and that, like, and they use him that way. Again, what, what do good coaches do? They ask their good players to do what they do well. Often, Dallas does that with Micah Parsons. They only asked him to be an off-ball linebacker. I think it was five times against Detroit, and, and in four of those plays, he was in the wrong freaking hole. He is exactly like Jared Davis. He's a serial guesser in the run game, but he's so damn fast that he gets away with it. But he's a phenomenal pass rusher, and when they ask him to do that, he does a damn good job. By the way, Penay Sewell did a pretty damn good job against him. Yeah, you know, credit to Penay for, for his performance. Again, he's just over 21 years old. This guy is, is going to be so great for Crazy. so long for this team. I'm just so happy. Uh, great job again from Panay against a, a real yeah. a real monster. <laughs> and and oh by the way, let's let's go back to Panay a year ago after five or six games where he had played left tackle and wasn't good, and there were a ton of people saying this guy sucks. He's a bust. Yeah. Get rid of him now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How, let him play a little bit, guys. Um, same with Hutchinson. Yeah, let him play a little bit. Like, I think you saw Sunday. I can play a little bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You get that talent out there, and and everybody looks better with talent. But Hutch Hutch is a, is a special kid, and he's going to continue. I think in the off season, with a little bit more NFL muscle and strength and conditioning and and, and nutrition, he's going to come back. I think people are going to be stunned at what that body his looks like next year. He's going to be. I think I think he's going to build up his legs a little bit, yeah. uh, and he's going to be good. And then, look, the earlier look, it's one game for Pascal. You gotta you gotta take that in mind. But what a debut! Like that's that's really good. Kaminsky sure seems like he's locked in in a role for for some time. He's having you're his gonna resurgence. Get, you're right? gonna, you, you get a linebacker. It doesn't even have to be like a premium linebacker. It can be. Um, I'm trying to think of who it would be like a, like a, like a day two guy, a solid day two guy. Yeah. Um, like Derek Burns was supposed to be um, who can play next to Rodrigo. Probably you want a guy with a little bit more size because Rodrigo's undersized. So, and, and I, I, I'm not there yet in the draft process, but there, this looks like it's a decent linebacking class, except to not take Noah Sewell. Uh, look, I know he's Panay's brother. 
If you watch him play, I guarantee you, you will look and say, oh, my God, it's Jelani Tavai 2.0, because that's how he's playing this year. And I had this conversation with somebody who's a, a much more plugged into the draft process than I was. And they said, if I if you just base it on this season, he's undraftable. Like, he's got to start getting better. And so that that's where you're at with him. I know Brad went to their game. I will tell you, the guy that he was watching was Brandon Dorless, there, the Oregon defensive tackle who is a perfect fit in the Levi Anzarike role because they're the same freaking guy, except this guy has an actual good back. Um, so if Brandon Dorless is the second round pick, I'm going to call my shot today. What is it? The 25th of, of October. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I will call my shot. By the way, um, uh, just random uh, just came to me. It says, uh, this is the 40th anniversary of my family losing their farm, which is like the worst day of my, my, my life. So <laughs> yeah, good, wow. good times. Good times. All right. On defense, I think we need to play like we did against Dallas, um, the, at least the first three quarters. But I want to I want to they need help from offense. And I think that's really what what screwed them in the fourth quarter. I want to ask you, because I've got an opinion on this, but you've got Tua, who's a bit mobile, though. He's, you know, got obviously the um, the issues with the concussions that happened this year and all the news around that. Well, I'm, stop lowering your freaking head, dude. I'm Help feeling <laughs> I'm feeling like we want to go with pressure on Tua versus contain as far as the defense goes. I want to ask you, where do you think the Lions are going to find more success? Either containing Tua or putting him under pressure? Oh, you pressure him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, maybe, oh, well, the only thing I would say is you can do the contain style in the way that – Matt Patricia look right here. The way that they stymied Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson back in the day by dropping all those guys mm-hmm. because Tua doesn't have one quarter of the arm talent that those guys exactly. have. Exactly. If you're asking Tua to beat you over the top, he can't do it. Even with Tyreek Hill, he can't do it. So maybe you let him get a little comfortable. But I, he's he's another guy. He he doesn't make good decisions under pressure. Exactly, and that's and I think that's, you play that versus the weak arm. And, and and coverage. I think because I think the weak arm and I, I don't want to get over, over too big on the weak onto his arm. Right. But his arm it's, like, it's not it's not it's, it's not Kellen Moore here. No, no, it's, it's not. He's, he doesn't have as good of arm as golf. I was going to say he's no Jared Goff. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I think a guy with an arm that is a little softer than average could it performs even more has more difficulty performing uh, when you put him under pressure. If he gets time, then he's going to be able to put that ball in because he relies on his accuracy. And you just don't give him the chance to get that accuracy and, and, that. and land it. And yep. and, That's and look at who he's throwing to. Like Mike Gesicki is a tight end, is basically TJ Hawkinson who can run after the catch. Tyreek Hill, nobody can catch him. Like they they have weapons that they're a smartly conceived offense for a good quarterback. And in the occasions where Tua plays well, they're pretty good. So you've got to prevent Tua from playing well. That's the long and short of it. (laughs) You have to make him uncomfortable. And you have to think, to be honest, especially with all the press around it, the concussion thing is in his head. Right. And I don't mean I don't mean that physically. I mean that mentally. And I think he's just there's, you know, doesn't want to take the hits. Doesn't want to miss more weeks. Doesn't want all the stuff associated with it. So and, and with, you know, everything with him coming into the league, with the injury and everything else. He, you know, I'm just kind of putting myself and maybe I'm projecting, but I'm feeling like he wants to play a little bit more defensively because he's the availability is the number one ability for him to be able to prove himself. If he's not on the field, he's not proving himself and then he will hit bus status. That's his that's his only way to kind of solidify his role and, and maintain relevance in the NFL. So the pressure, I think, is the big thing. 
Yeah, I, I, I would definitely pressure him. And this is a week like, okay, Alex Anzalone, you can't cover very well. Why don't you go chase the quarterback? Uh, <laughs> Derek Barnes, let's let's play you where the, the Cowboys play Micah Parsons. Like, let's let you try to do what Julian O'Quara does. And, and O'Quara, again, um, I, I had this interaction on Twitter. He's he's so bad against the run. Like, Barnes at least, like, is understanding of where he might need to be against the run. But Derek also gives you a little modicum of power. Like, he can take a tight end chip and maybe move it back a little bit. I, I, I would like to see them try him in that role more instead of trying to force him to be an off-ball linebacker. And I think this is a good game to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Because Mike, Mike Kosicki as a blocker is not Brock Wright. He's not TJ Hawkins. He's just not. Um, look, I love the dude. Um, he's a Penn State volleyball player. You better believe that I'm gonna like that guy. <laughs> but uh, he's not like he can't block. They, by the way, they don't ask him to. Yeah. Good coaching, huh? <laughs> we keep running into that. Yeah. Um, shout out to Darren Booser, Darren Busser. I'm not sure which it is. I'm sorry. We'll say Darren B so that I don't screw it up. Great work, fellas. Thank you so much for that super chat, brother. We appreciate that. That uh, helps settle a great deal. Really love you for that, man. Um, so yeah, the, the defense needs to get out there and I definitely believe that pressure wins the game for them. Um, Pascal there, uh, Hutchinson there. If Harris is back and I don't know if he's back and I mean, even if he is back, we need last year's Harris, not this year's Harris. I think the three of them and Aleem, I think you're in really, really good shape to keep Tua running and moving and, and keep the pressure. So that that's where we're at now. The offense, the offense must perform. The offense, and and look, they're especially against this defense, against this this soft pass defense. Um, Jared Goff is in a difficult position right now because if he doesn't this week, this is this is very much, I think, writing writing his 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 note his his epita maybe on the year. If he cannot bring this offense up against this defense, it's going to be really really hard for him to recover. They I think Jared Goff's offense needs to no matter what happens from the Dolphins offense, this offense needs to outscore the Dolphins offense in this game or uh Goff's in, in just a, just in a lot of trouble. And and you can look at like the parallel lives like Matt Ryan He's he looks done, and the Colts have made their chase. They're going to Sam Ellinger. Good for him, by the way. Uh, he lit us up in the summer, so I can't say anything bad about him because he was he looked great against Detroit. Um, yeah. that, that, but so it was pretty clear from most Colts coverage that the Colts players themselves were like, you know what, Matt, we love you, but dude, it ain't, it ain't gonna work. I and they terrible. had to make that change. And now they, the Lions, unfortunately, don't even have Sam Ellinger. They have Nate Sudfeld and Tim Boyle yep. on the roster. So that a change seems incredibly unlikely, but they will like eventually lose confidence. I, I've seen it. I saw it with Baker Mayfield. I've seen it. I, I saw it in Houston with Matt Schaub with, with all the pick sixes. Like, good dude, reliable quarterback for the most part. But damn, man, you throw pick six every game. Like your your cost, the dudes are going to turn on you. You're going to lose that. Yeah. And Goff is really, really close to that point right now. Yep. And I, I'm not just saying that sitting here where I am. That's coming out of Allen Park. Uh, he has got to rescue his own career, and this is a prime opportunity to do it because Miami. Look, they had a couple of nice plays at the end of that game, but. 
that, that game was awful, by the way. Yeah. Um, and and I, I'm I'm happy that Noah Noah Igbenogany made a nice play. I like that guy in the draft process. He's been awful. Yeah. Um, he made a great 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 catch at the end of the game, but he otherwise he's he's not been good. Missed on that one. Sorry. It happens. Yeah. Uh, they this is a t this is a defense that he can exploit and needs to. Amon Ra will be back. Hopefully, Josh Reynolds is looking better. Look, um, in watching the like, Josh, he shouldn't have played. Like, no. like I, 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 I commend him for his warrior mindset and trying to get out there, but he was not close to being effective. And you know, this is where you know the whole depth, like DJ Sharks on IR. Um, your backup receivers are Khalif Raymond and Tom Kennedy and Maurice Alexander. Um, none of them are the size of Bryce Young, which is scary, mm-hmm. and that's that's a problem. Like, like, I, like I get that that's, and this is something where Dan Campbell pissed me off this week because he was asked about golf, but also about like all the missing players. Like, I, I get Swift, like, and he kind of made it seem like it was an excuse for golf, or. Mm, more, more of like more like he was excusing Goff's play because of it. I don't. He didn't say it directly, but it was it was clear from the tone that he got that that was my interpretation of it. And I wasn't the only person that saw it that way. Watch his press conference on Monday for yourself. It's on the Lions um, uh, YouTube page, and and just watch his tone and watch his demeanor when he's talking about that specific answer. That is not good. <laughs> <laughs> to be kind. And if Goff is going to have that kind of a leash, that told me right there that Dan can't do anything with Goff. And that that is like, like obviously you're not going to pull him for Nate Sudfeld or Tim Boy. You're just not. Mm-hmm. That's coaching suicide. It, it, or, or you're showing up, the guy who's signing your check in Brad Holmes, who, by the way, still clearly loves Jared Goff. And that is the inherent problem that comes coming forward. If Dan comes to the conclusion that the team needs to move on from Goff and the GM doesn't come to that conclusion, and based on everything I've heard, the GM isn't close to that conclusion yet, that's a conflict that's going to be a real problem this offseason. Because tell you then that, what do you do? I'm going to tell you it's not a conflict. I'm, I'm telling you they're all in on Goff and they – Probably, I don't know if they they probably told Goff, we've got you the the pieces this year. We've got you the players. We're giving you control. We're giving you, you get to work with Ben Johnson to build an offense around what you want. They're giving him every inch of rope that he needs. And he has the chance to earn himself a contract or earn us a, a, a quarterback. And we have the capital to do it. And that's what's happening. I, I'm, I'm telling you. And they're all in on him. And they're going to support him until the end of the season and say, thank you very much for your service. And the results will determine what the next the, the next move is. That's why I think if you see things start going south with this team, you're going to see the demeanor of Jared Goff change. And I think you're going to start to see a lot of a lot more a lot more like the fourth quarter kind of play out of him because he is a confidence kind of guy. And I think he's going to recognize, especially when he recognizes there's no coming back. I think that's when, when you're going to see all the bad. It also gives him every motivation to give his very best until there's no sense in it anymore. Right? So I think if they get any kind of turnaround this season or any kind of ride, like they did at the end of last season, he's going to be able to ride that and push for it. But I I just think Jared Goff is your quarterback to the end of this season. His performance is going to be going to be, dictate what the lions do next because they have all the cards in their hands 
They can do whatever they want once the season is over. That's the concern, though, is that the some that it won't be all in that Dan or Ben or John Dorsey or Chris Spielman. I'm I'm just I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm just Name saying names. that I'm not just I don't, saying this is as hypothetical. Yep, that they're not in on him anymore, but Brad still is. How who wins that that conflict? Because that is the deciding factor for the team for the next two to three seasons. And they cannot get that wrong. I don't think that Brad Holmes dies on that hill, to be honest with you. Brad Holmes knows his job is put talent on the field. And Jared Goff is going to answer the question for him. I, I, I really believe I that. really hope you're right. But I, I, I can't say that yet. I, I believe that. I, I, I really okay. do. And, and, and I think that's part of the way this kind of leadership kind of structure and mentality works. Um, while Brad, I guess, I mean, he does have the final say on it. All those other people in the room, that will cost him his job. It's, much, it's, it's like Caldwell holding on to Ron Prince forever, right? I mean, <laughs> it's going to, if you can't make the After decision. After he had to be told to get rid of Joe Lombardi, who, by the way, is getting Brandon Staley fired in, in yeah. Los Angeles yeah. now. Yeah, um, <laughs> that, I, 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 that's, that's what happens when you do that. And I think Brad Holmes is smarter than that, especially because he's a marketing guy. You know, he's got a lot of that marketing space and he understands it and understands the value there and what, what the, the value of words and actions are. Um, I think he really, really wants golf and he went to, I think he went to bat for his guy and he, and, and he set it up. Look, we've got all the things we need to get out of golf if we need to. So he, he had the excuse to bail himself out. It's the bridge quarterback. We can build the rest of the roster. He gets his quarterback this year. The quarterback performs also. Brad Holmes is the most, the smartest GM in the league. You know what I mean? He doesn't, he has, if he gets a bad quarterback or he sticks with a bad golf, then that ruins everything he's got. But Brad Holmes is smarter than that. He's smarter than that. And I don't think he, I sure hope so. I really do. Because I, 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 I don't have that confidence in him. I just don't. And that's, it's born out of some of the other decisions that he's made. Like you cannot, you, you can't make as many decisions that he has that have backfired. Um, and I'm talking specifically about the injury front, but also the fact that like his idea of upgrading the defense was bringing in Deshaun Elliott and bringing back Alex Anzalone. Like he chose that. Like again, it's, he had no money and limited picks and limited talent to start with. He, he, I think, I think it's a process that takes time based on what they have. Anzalone came back because they could afford him. That's why it's there. Elliot came because they could afford him. This year, that's going to change a little bit. I mean, let's get through that. We get rid of Goff this year. It's ten million dead cap, I think, um, and, and getting rid of so. him. Yeah, but that and that's not that much really. But it does it, it eats away at, at what you can spend, right? So you, you have to think about it, what you do. But I think this year, from a, a perspective of cap space, uh, draft capital, all of those things, and this is where it's important. We go back to that threshold thing, right? You have a chance, if Goff isn't your guy, you have a chance to get your quarterback. You have a chance to get a whole lot of talent to move the needle on this team significantly. Do you do that? Do you do that with the coach you have right now? Do you trust your coach right now? And do you trust the quarterback you have right now? Those are the two biggest questions that they have. I mean, here we are in what, week seven, week eight, going, going into the offseason. Those are the biggest questions. Do you trust your quarterback and do you trust, trust your coach with all of that capital? Are those the guys that are going to turn that capital that treasure into a Lombardi trophy. And that's, that's the hard questions you have to ask. The other side of it is if not them, then who? 
it's easier, I think, in the draft to take that shot and buy yourself two or three years with a quarterback than it is to pull in a coach. I guess you get two or three years with a coach, but if you get Campbell, it's two. So, right, you, you, maybe you only get two years with your coach, and and it's a complete re relaunch of the system again, right? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. And it's that's tough. and then, like I th- I think we all shared an, a collective enthusiasm for what this regime could do, and uh, again, I think we somewhat had that with with Bob Quinn. Anyways, um, most people liked Matt Patricia in general. Um, I do remember taking a whole lot of boat crap because I didn't like him from the beginning. <laughs> uh, the, but like, I, I think that there was more positive buzz and more. Um, I think the fans bought into Campbell and Holmes mm-hmm. pretty, pretty significantly and pretty easily. Like, I, th- I think most people saw, OK, we see how this can work. Like now, let, now let's go make it work. And if this doesn't work. Like you said, where where do you go? Um, do yeah. you try the college route? Bring in you know, sixty four years since a champion. Get, get get Matt Campbell like you tried to last time. Um, get uh, I don't know maybe Kirk <laughs> Ferentz tried to leave, tries to leave Iowa um, and his nineteen sixty six offense. Who knows? I mean, who 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 knows who will be the hot candidate? Could be Sonny Dykes from TCU. We've got them undefeated, beating Horn top frogs, twenty teams baby. and yeah. fun offense. Um, and by the way, there's, their defense is not bad either. I uh, I don't know, man. Um, who who takes the job? Yeah. Honestly, like mm-hmm. everything else they've tried has failed there over what sixty five years. You talk 55, about sixty five years. Like, do you want to do you want to be the guy who's like the next line on that? On that you know the 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 next gravestone, yeah. or do you want or or are you somebody who's motivated by I'm going to be the guy that changes that. I'm going to be the guy that ends this, and I have a plan. That's what Brad. That's what Brad and Dan brought to the table. That's what made them so exciting. And if that doesn't work, like where do you go? Like well, I, I don't know, man. That, that, that's talked, a very dark place to be right now. You talked about free agents asking, "Well, do I do I do I go there when the coach is going to leave?" Right. If they fire a coach after two years, and you're a coach, do you go there? If you don't think you're going to get a fair shake to build out your do your team and build your culture and build your plan, yeah. do you do you risk it all on that on that shot or do you wait till you get to a place that doesn't seem so crazy, if you will, yeah, about about like, hey De- Denver's got Russell Wilson. I mean, like I can go there and play with him. You're Detroit. Their defense, their defense is the best in the league. They're terrible because their offense sucks, which tells you a whole lot about where the NFL is these days. If you and I say it many times, if you don't have the quarterback. Nothing else matters. If you don't mm-hmm. believe me, look at the San Francisco 49ers and the Denver Broncos this year. Those are probably the two best defenses in the NFL. Both of those teams are not good. They got Christian McCaffrey there in San Fran now. But the thing is, is, is if you can't trust. I can't believe they made that deal. Oh, my God. I know. The, if you can't trust. Oh, my God. What a. Oh, my God. That, that's going to go down. Unless the 49ers like win this Super Bowl and one more during McCaffrey's contract, that's one of the worst trades I've ever seen. What job do you take, Riz, if you don't trust management? I don't take that one. <laughs> I mean, what job do you take? The the one where you can take $845,000 a month home for 48 months if you get fired, the Matt Rule role? I mean, what what job do you take if you can't trust management? Who goes and coaches the Washington Commandos? 
if Rivera leaves? Good question. Right? Do what, you a question? By the way, they're asking very seriously yeah, in Washington right now. Yeah. How crazy yeah. do you want to look to your potential employees? Right? And and look, sixty four years. Sixty. I know it's been sixty four years. Fire them all. Fire them all after one year until you find the one that turns around in a year. That's not the way to do it. You've got it. You 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 don't you don't have the talent. <laughs> You're in a tough spot. You're in a tough spot. This team and uh, it's a big hole to dig out of. It's very much, and this is what I think they're hoping out of. And this is you're seeing the same, the same uh, uh, results. Jim Schwartz dug this team out of a massive hole. Jim Schwartz was the right guy at the right time for this team. 100%. I I believe that Dan Campbell is very much the same way. He's not the guy that's going to take this team to the Super Bowl. I don't think so. Maybe he learns and grows in, in a way that he 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 grows with the team and becomes the, the you know that guy. And I would love that. I would absolutely love that because I think as a human being he deserves it. But I feel like he's a lot more of a Schwartz. And I really think that the next hire, the next hire after Dan Campbell is the guy, the, the Caldwell. But you need somebody with a better top end than Caldwell. I think that's where we're at with this team in in what we're building right now. Um, again, Schwartz four nineteen. Campbell, he's got a better record. He's four eighteen and one. I, I, I think I think we just have to see where this goes because boy, it's it, you, like you said, it's dark place. I don't, I don't think that there's place. any chance that Dan Campbell gets fired in season. I know there's people that are calling for that. I yeah, I, yeah. I think that's crazy. I think it's clickbait. I think it's clickbait. That's <laughs> what that is. <laughs> You said yeah. it. Yeah. Um, a month ago, they were calling for 10 wins, season, right? 10 um, win season. So I, I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say as long as they win four this year, I don't think there's any real question about Dan going into next year and like being on the Matt Rule seat the way that Rule was this year. Yep. Uh, because I, I think, I think he's going to get that time. And if they are a four, if they're four and 13 this year, they're picking second or third. Uh, that gets them a quarterback, or that gets them Will Anderson um, if he starts doing things again. Um, by the way, if he's uh, he's not played very well the last three weeks. Just throw that out there. Yeah. Um, if you if you're not happy with Aiden Hutchinson's production, you might not want to watch Will Anderson against Tennessee <laughs> or Texas A&M. Just saying. Um, there's like there, there there's going to be that opportunity to to build and and no I don't think this is the worst team I don't I think they're going to they're close and like you you put Jameson Williams on this team I know we talk about this hypothetical all the time like you you put Jameson Williams on this offense and, and he's out running golf balls all intact. day long <laughs> like there's there's a chance for this team to do what the Giants are doing this year, to do what the Seahawks are doing this year and shocking the hell out of people, winning games that you don't expect them to win. That can be the Lions. Like, they're, they're not – that's that's the frustrating part about the season is they should be that team, and they're not. And that's – oh, it bugs me. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you, brother. It's – it's all I, I keep saying it's um, it's maddening. Because you see, they haven't lost the same way yet. They've lost what seems like every way imaginable, but never the same way twice. From coaching to defense to offense failures across the board. I mean, have is all that done? And now they're going to be this big winning team because they've they've lost all the ways you can lose. Or are they going to create like they always seem to be able to do a new way to lose? Thinking of you know regression to the mean and so on i i don't know they have the talent they have more talent than the than the quality of football they've been playing i'll tell you that 
100%. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And it's maddening. It is absolutely maddening. And JJ, this is it. I mean, we they could beat the Finns. I think they have a, a real shot in that game. Um, and the pack, they said they're gonna. I th- really believe they're gonna split. If the pack loses again, the 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 torches and forks are gonna come out. And I can't wait for the meltdown in, in Green Bay. I can't wait for them to eventually run Aaron Rodgers out on a frog march. <laughs> the man they love for so many years. That's gonna be the final ending to that that dynasty. I think, and it's gonna be a long. Mike Tomzak type hall for that team, and I can't wait to just love that. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for those years to come back and that kind of fun. Because Jordan, Jordan Love, he ain't even golf. No, no. Don't don't worry one bit about that. No, no. So I mean, if if you turn around, it's like where's the world? I know I know where clickbait is. Dan Campbell, he's going to be in a Jesus costume in somebody's thumbnail, right? Uh, (laughs) They win two games in a row. It's going to be it's going to the clickbait's going to spin on the other side. But they win those two. The outlook changes. You start putting things three and five. Like that's that's on schedule. Different context for everything. They'd be yeah. (laughs) Most of us, most of us who were realistic thought they'd be. Um, I thought it, so I, I went back and looked. I had them uh, at two and four right now in, in my going through the wins and losses. Yeah. So yeah. you missed one. They're a game back of that. You're a failure at your job. You missed one. <laughs> I did. Huge so, will let me know too. Thanks, yeah. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So that's, I think that's it. And I think. Everything happens with context, and there's so much that's yet to be written. The wild mood swings that you see from people begging for clicks are one thing, but it's not—it's disingenuous. It, it bothers me. I want too much from the media. That's why we do this because I want to put a little bit of balance between the wild uh, bipolar swings that are out there begging for people to click on their stuff. So hopefully it works. We'll see. Um, with that, we've got the Dolphins. Riz, what's your prediction for the game this week? Wow. So we're doing the day early, so I haven't written the football meteorology for real GM yet. I'm going to say, so the Lions are what? They're what? Three point, three point, five point underdogs. Three, see. three point I last know, I saw. I think something three like point. that. I think they cover. Uh, I think this is a game that comes down to which quarterback makes less mistakes late in a game. And for the most part, that that has been Tua this year. But man, they they don't. They're a flawed team, and their their defense is the kind of defense that Jared Goff can get hot against. And that it sounds weird to say that because we've spent all day dogging him. But like it, it, he he can turn this around. And, uh, and again, having Amon Ra back, like I I don't I, I expect this to be a field goal game, one way or the other. Mm. Does. Does our kicker make it? Does does Michael Badgley make it? Uh, based on everything that we've seen this year, yes, he's six for six this season. Uh, both of his field goals last week were dead solid, freaking perfect down the middle. Like as soon as he kicked it, yeah. I'm like, good, he made it. Like yeah. no no stress. I like that. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> so uh, I this is a winnable game. Expecting the Lions to win a winnable game is not a leap that I can make just it's a yet. Bit of a fool's errand, but right? I will. <laughs> I will say because I'm scarred as hell, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm wildly over fatigued, and I'm. I just. I. I can't see that. But I'm not going to be surprised if they win. 
Yeah, I where are you at? I, I'm I'm leaning to the Lions win. I think it's the home field that, that pulls it out. I think it's a tight game. Uh, I think it's a high scoring game, to be honest with you. And um, yeah. I, I, I look if the the difference is going to be on the defense. If they can play like they did against Dallas, if they can tighten up like they did against Dallas, the sc- the high scoring will be one way. And then there's potential for that for this game to be a kind of big time win for the Lions because with the secondary the way it is. Golf gets his swift back, um, has a couple other players back. And, I, and, and wouldn't, sh- I wouldn't. Sh- count. Sh- I'm talking. Yeah. We don't have the injury report yet. So, he gets a swift back. He has a couple other players. Amon Ra is back. I think that they could really, really tear up the Dolphins. And if that defense shows up, you have a good, a good, a good solid Lions win that just is going to, again, it's going to be maddening because it's like, where was this all year in the context of who they're playing? You're like, okay. I feel like it's going to be more, like you said, a, a three to five point game, but I still think the Lions pull it out just being at home. And if it's it's where I think it really is going to come down to early success for the Lions on defense and offense to get the crowd into the game, that's what they're going to need to carry the day. I really do. I think the crowd is going to be a big part totally of agree. how the Lions perform this Sunday. 100% we're with you on that. And uh, uh, I actually know a lot of people that are going to this game who don't normally go to games. So, um, Please enjoy yourselves. Enjoy yourselves responsibly. Have fun. Cheer your ass off, man. Like the, the team, they're so close to being not terrible. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that sounds patronizing and weird, but like they they really aren't far away from being good. And that's why it's so damn maddening that they're not. Last week's defense and the first three weeks offense come out in the field and they're a seven win team. It's, 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 yeah. it's, 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 it's it's they're just, they're just right offense, defense, and special teams all together at the same <laughs> right time. Yeah. Just just once, just once, Chris. Once that's all I ask. Yeah. I don't ask for a lot in the world. I just want one game like that. Yeah. Like 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 Arizona last year. Yeah. And 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 um, that was so um, great. Oh, for God. those of you who believe in the superstition thing. I watched that game last year, not at home, but at a basketball facility with my daughter. Um, she was participating in a, a, an event. I will be at that place this Sunday with my daughter in a basketball event. Dun, so, dun, just, dun. <laughs> I'll try to remember what I wore. All right, there we go. All right, so there you go. That's that's the predictions for this week. Also, got to remind you, please hit the like, subscribe button. Appreciate that for those who do that. That helps us out a lot. Also, at fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com, you go there right now, you see some of the coolest shoes you got on the on the market, the Lions shoes. They got a set of shoes for the NCAA football teams as well. They look really sharp. All the all the team's shoes are looking great. If you want a new set of kicks, it's, it's a great place to go. Fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. They got all your jerseys blankets every piece of merchandise you could think of that's lions related it's it's they're the main nfl supplier they supply the fan shop and everything else fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com help our show out by doing something you're going to do anyway by repping your favorite team whether it's college football hockey basketball it's all there it's all waiting for you to share they're with fun you. man yeah they're good yeah Oh, I shouldn't say they're good. They're improving faster than the other Detroit teams, and I like that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's it's going to be exciting. I think uh, things will be fun this year, and especially as I watch the uh, starting the, to wane off the Eisman years in Tampa and watch the Eisman years take off in Detroit. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to be able to kind of switch back to my home team 
to versus my new my new home my new home, team. home. Yeah, my where I live now team. All right. I mean, hey, the Volts the Volts are still good too. They're fun to watch. They are. It's fun. I love hockey. I love it. I love hockey so much. It's such a fun fun sport. So, all right, don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. If you donate as little as five dollars a month, you'll get access to the Slack chat, which is in undoubtedly the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. Great group of folks. Um, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And some of the takes and, and conversations this last week have been amazing. Game day is always great. And this week was, this week was a fun game day chat. It was sparky. It was sparky. There was doomers and there was, you know, rainbow farting MFers. <laughs> <There's> unicorns. <laughs> unicorns and rainbows on both sides. And they were, they were arguing hard. It was a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of good stuff there. Love that slack. Get into it. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast is little five bucks a month. Gets you access. It's really great people. Also follow us on Twitter at DET Lions podcast at Jeff Risden. DET Lions podcast and Jeff Risden. It's the best place to go rolling on Twitter with sensible, pants-free kind of content. The stuff that you want. Give us a call on Skype, Detroit Lions podcast. It's all one word. Or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. We'll get a, you leave a message. We'll get you on the show. Orlando William, thank you for subscribing. Appreciate that, brother. Appreciate you doing that for us. Also, go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com, DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast. What happens when you subscribe, Riz? It can come into your ear holes automatically, and I like that. <laughs> Where else would you want it? What, the ear holes are the erogenous zones that you've been looking for. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Thank you all for listening. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.